0: This is a crowd podcast. Heaven, What's occurring, but What's occurring? Um, what is occurring? Post-Flanders, mate. Um, bit of fatigue in the body, bit of a sore back and neck and all that jazz. But uh probably not as sore waking up this morning as a lot of people after uh what was a brutal, hectic, crash filled day for a lot of the people. Um yeah, it was it was a proper jungle out there, mate.
1: Yeah, I look mad. We were um well we didn't watch it live. We weren't allowed because um old De Pluska wanted we had a six hour ride. I'm up in Sierra Nevada, by the way. First time up here. Um Nice place to be fair, but um, yeah, Depluska wanted to watch the last hundred k, so he put his phone on flight mode because he didn't want any messages through, and um, none of us are allowed to talk about it. None of us we could watch, but we weren't allowed to give it away, and um, yeah, he started watching it then once we got back at lunch. So um, yeah, we'll get into that in a bit, but Sierra Nevada is a uh, Have you been here before? No, you wouldn't have been here, would you? It's nice up here. I think I prefer Tenerife, but... Like, it's more of a town. There's a lot more going on. But I haven't left the hotel yet, apart from on my bike. Anyway, so whether there's stuff going on or not, it doesn't really matter, does it? So Tenerife seems to have a few more roads going on. But it's still early days, so I'm not going to... I'm going to give it a chance. I'm not going to call it too soon, but it is nice up here. Something nice about altitude, isn't it? You know, it's just feels fresh
0: and clean, and I don't know mountain air.
1: Exactly, yeah. And you can go up. There's a. This is apparently here. It's the highest paved road in Europe. Like it doesn't go over. You can't. It's a dead end at the top. But the highest paved road in Europe. How high do you think it goes?
0: Uh, two six not it. No. 2 2-9. Two nine. Two nine. No, a lot higher, mate. 3-2. Higher. What? 3-4. Higher. 3-3. Three, three.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was that game where they did that? With the cards. Play your cards right. That was a cracking game. Um,
0: but anyway, yeah, 3-3. Three, three. Is it open? Or is it snowed?
1: Uh, we got to 2-8, and then it was blocked by some snow. But... um. Yeah, we did. The bonnet is the bonnet is the highest like mountain pass, isn't it? That you actually can go over, which is two eight, I think, which we do when we're out in Isla. But um, yeah, you can actually go up when the road is clear. You can get to three three. So I don't think we're going to get up there anytime soon. But yeah, I was hoping to because the highest I've ever been is two eight. Would have been nice to have set a record.
0: Hopefully the snow will disappear and you can you can get a little bit higher but also gee we got our first uh, choir interest uh rian's choir have sent in a track so we'll get that on next week or the week after but thanks for sending that in if you're part of a choir and you want to send anything in remember you can always email what's occurring at crowdnetwork.co.uk we will very shortly dive into the Ins and outs of Tour of Flanders Flanders in just a minute. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips, and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favourite podcast app so then Tora of Flanders um, yeah what you said about Duplusky he's a proper Belgian Flandrian isn't he he's, uh, he was committed there to uh, no secrets and watching it properly
1: yeah, too right. he's, even um, in the paper, he's doing his predictions over the whole classic season. Um, there's a few other riders. I think Remco does it, and maybe Backlands or Wellens or someone. But anyway, he's just, oh, he's bulging through and through. Biggest day of the year for him, he says, just behind Liege. But he gets to do Liege. He's never done Flanders, but he was so excited. It was like Christmas Day for him. But um, I can see why, though. It's absolute. Incredible race, is it? I kind of, every time I watch it that I'm not there, I'm like, oh, I need to go back man.
0: It was just madness, mate. So, kilometre zero, flag drops. And I think it was so hectic for the breakaway and so many teams and riders wanted to go. And I think it was pretty obvious why. Even we had um, Kimbo and Connor Swift kind of looking for the move. Just with the top three, looking so dominant everyone had to try and get ahead of the game and uh, from kilometer zero it was just yeah full gas there was a little bit of wind not quite enough but enough to cause stress and tension Uh, Vanderpool got caught behind at one moment and got back but um, yeah it was just like attack after attack after attack and finally after 109 kilometers the break went nine guys I was just thinking, wow, this break's never gonna go. It was just uh, so intense.
1: Was that the break, the break of the day then, with like Mads in and all those dudes?
0: No, no. So this was the early break. Um, so that they, them seven guys, went, and then a, a group went across after Molenberg, which was yeah, I think a lot of teams highlighted and we highlighted as kind of a, a launch pad for that pre-final yeah. move um, so they went after Molenberg. luckily we had Johnny Navarez in there which was uh, which was the plan and they then got across to the break and then it was a group of at one point it was a group of 19 so yeah it was uh, but even up until that point it was just so many crashes I think hang on let's talk about the crashes this You've you've seen the one with a Bahrain guy, right?
1: Mate. That was that was that was unbelievable.
0: Mate, you know so luckily we were the other side of the road and it was just to the left. Well it kinda of like spread across the Peloton. But you know when you hear a crash, just the noise of carbon oh. cracking and it just the noise just continued. You know, like a few guys go and it's it was just like Oh, it was just like a bus ran through the Peloton, mate. And uh, we unfortunately had um, Big Ben go down in that and uh, break his arm. So that was that was the first big. Was it his arm?
1: Was it his elbow again? The same elbow, or was it his arm? No, it was, now, it was the same.
0: It was the same. So it was. Right. I don't know. I guess it was healed, but maybe ninety-five percent, and just uh, broken exactly the same place. So the weak. Yeah,
1: yeah, poor bastard.
0: Oh, mate, I feel for that guy. If he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. Um, but th- yeah, uh, this. So this Bahrain rider, let's touch on this. He made uh, like a big fucking mistake. There's no getting away from that point, from whatever angle you're looking at. Um, he made a big mistake. He didn't do it on purpose. Right or wrong, people do use them. Se- One second, before you go on, just
1: for people who haven't seen it, just explain what he did, what happened.
0: Yeah, very good, very good point. So it's coming into Quarrow first time, uh, four, five K out, and the whole, uh, the road's like deadpan straight. You know the road, don't you? And um, Yeah, massive, really wide, like four cars wide, isn't it? Easy. No, 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 it's like, it's a it's a normal like two lane road, but it's smooth tarmac and it's a it's a it's a good road. But every yeah, okay. couple hundred meters, either side of the road, there's little clinker cobbles, and you can kind of move up upon them. And right or wrong, everyone does it. You shouldn't use it, but people do, and then it, you kind of squeeze back into the peloton. So this Bahrain guy comes flying up the outside, and then in front of him is a bush. So he ducks into the peloton, but doesn't make it, goes into the grass, which then flicks him into the road and he just goes...
1: There's water, wasn't there? there's like, water there as well, like water splashing everywhere. And he just like, <laughs> he's on the left side of the peloton and it suddenly just veers right into the peloton basically at the front.
0: Yeah, he just he just come into the peloton horizontal basically. And um, he probably caused, I don't know, 40 guys to crash, 50 guys to crash. A lot of broken. And he stayed moments. upright. <laughs>
1: oh God.
0: <laughs> that's the that's the funny bit about it, isn't it? He, he he managed to stay upright. But um yeah, so like I said, massive mistake. Uh his options there were not use the side. Or if he was gonna use the side, you know, break and go in a bit sooner. But anyway, he made a massive mistake. But I feel sorry for him. Like he is public enemy number one and he made a mistake, but you know, maybe maybe I shouldn't feel sorry for him because he caused a lot of people to break their bones. But we were at dinner last night and Kurt Bogards was there and uh, he, he read an article on the Belgian, uh, one of the big Belgian um, uh, news things. And I don't know what his name is, but it said his name the guy who's the guy who ruined ruined the Tour of Flanders, like no. imagine that being you, Garrett Thomas, yeah. the man who ruined Tour of Flanders.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, we were at the CAF when this happened, or no, it was before. But Swifty was checking updates, and I think when we were at the CAF, it was like 110k to go, so we were still we were still allowed to look and talk about it with the Pluskies, <laughs> yeah. You know, rule, this is though, about not. He wants to watch the last hundred, so we were okay. And Swifty's like, Oh, like this massive shout. You know how Swifty's like, sometimes you're like, then you see it, and you're like, What are you on about Swifty? Like he's just like had a little fall. But then he shows us, and we were like, Oh my god. Like that is insane. And then I think Pavel said that him, he was in Paranese, this same guy, and almost did the same thing. He was going up, moving up on the grass, and like was kind of everywhere and like got to the front and nothing happened. But a few of the boys had prior experience of this manoeuvre that this guy's tried pulling off before. So they were less sympathetic, put it that way. But he got disqualified, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he got disqualified. And they're talking about further repercussions. I don't know if that will turn into anything. I mean, yeah, I I I don't know the guy. I don't know um who he is but i mean it's i i i just put yourself in his shoes like i've i've made mistakes in my career nothing quite as bad as that causing you know 50 people to crash but you know it, it, i just feel sorry yeah. for him like a little a little bit
1: yeah the thing is like it would f- it'd feel like he's a scapegoat. Like a lot of guys do a lot of things wrong and make a lot of mistakes and repeat those mistakes and nothing happens because it's not on camera or whatever. It would feel harsh that this one guy would just get singled out and then that's kind of it because they're not going to punish anyone again unless they do something like that and it's on TV. But yeah, it, it would seem like he's taken a massive punishment when a lot of other people are doing things wrong. Whether that's a reason not to punish him, I don't know. But I've always thought, you know, the last, you could do it for the whole race maybe, but at least the last 20k of a race, you could have a few drones above the peloton just filming. um, Well, you've got a helicopter anyway, but you could film the whole peloton. And there's so many stupid maneuvers. There'd be so many guys that would get, banned or DF'd or whatever I think that would be great for the sport it's set oh, so yeah. many people down
0: the only problem with that is probably force me into retirement wouldn't it yeah
1: be towards the end anyway mate it'd be fine <laughs>
0: imagine a drone above me in the last 20k I'd be fucked <laughs> nah but
1: <laughs> no but seriously like you you don't pull anything off dangerous I would say like you're on, obviously there's a bit of argy-bargy but that's part of the sport that would be fine but yeah, I'm all for. I think he should be punished, and I think he has been. Does he deserve more? Probably, because he, he, well, Big Ben's broken for a start. You know, Tim Wellens
0: race. collarbone exploded. There's there's lots of broken bones from that, mate.
1: Yeah, so and like it'll teach him a lesson for sure. But it won't. No one else will really. There's still a load of other nobbets out there that are doing things that are just as bad you know or yeah you know there's always guys that you know in a sprint or you just stay away from so yeah it's a tough one isn't it
0: it's whether they want to make an example out of him isn't it, and go you know big punishment so guys think about it more in the future but anyway that was just one of many crashes there was um, the Benjamin Gamay one that was you know this road as well coming into Book. Um, Now now that's a big big road. That's three lanes. And I reckon we were probably doing 80K an hour. And uh, you know, it's just them few moments where you think, this is one place you do not want to crash. And it was just to the left of us. And I just thought, whoever has gone down there is in one hell of a mess. And uh, yeah, I think five, six guys went down. It's just horrible to hear, see... Yeah, it seems like a more common theme that we're talking about crashes. We were only talking about Cataldo last week or the week before, and it's just, uh, yeah, horrific, mate. Yeah, I think like... Yeah,
1: I think uh, crashes always happen, haven't they? But it's just, I think everyone is just better for a start and the speeds are so... Like, obviously, the average speed of this race was higher than ever before. I think, you know, equipment and everything... The whole Peloton is just physically stronger. There's more street furniture. Like Belgium is just crazy anyway. Um Yeah, crashes are just one of those things. And it's just like you're right. When you're in the race and you just hear it, you're like, oh my God. And for the two, three seconds you're just like, What are we doing? But then straight away you boom, you you have to just switch back into it, don't you? You have to you can't think about that. You have to think just take the pin out and just keep doing what you're doing, otherwise what, you wouldn't, you wouldn't race your bike?
0: Yeah, exactly. We're all, we're all just a bunch of idiots, aren't we? Like, Here's a stat. Right, the average speed, fastest ever Tour of Flanders, 2023, 48.6k uh, an hour. Uh, I think that's
1: wrong, by the
0: way. Oh, is it?
1: Yeah, because Duplusky, I, I showed him that, and he was like, oh, no, man, no, 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 it was 44 or something. It's still a K and R f- It's still a K, quicker than the previous best. I think.
0: Do you know what? I have seen this online and I thought to myself, it can't be. Um, it 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 can't be true. So, all right, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it it was fast. It new new rec- new record um, in terms of speed.
1: Yeah, I think a big part of that as well. Like, obviously, don't take anything away. Wait. I'm not saying Bagatza going slow by any stretch. But as you were saying at the start, I think the start of the races are also so much quicker and go on for so much longer now. And especially if there's a bit of a tailwind or a bit of whatever, it's just the racing. You're racing from start to finish a lot more than you were a couple of years ago even, you know?
0: Yeah, it's just like, it just did, did not slow down apart from briefly when DSM parked it on one of the climbs to about 3k an hour that's um, something
1: i was gonna ask you about because i didn't oh, see this mate. swifty showed me it on the phone later and i was like what are they doing and then so they basically narrow road wasn't it up a little climb yeah. and they there was maybe three dsm and connor swift next to him yeah and they would go in like as you say 5k an hour so at the back they were like i don't know were they unclipping probably or at least track yeah. standing yeah. And then over the top, they just twatted it, didn't they? They just smashed it for, I don't know, how long did they do it for?
0: A couple of K. Um, so it was in, in uh, Cortica, that was the name of the climb. And we turned into this narrow road. I was on the front with Degenkolb. And he said, um, should we go slow on the climb? I was like, yeah, of course. Uh, of course, for sure. And then we're we'll going up the I dropped back and I was probably like third row. So it's like 3 DSM and Connor on the front and I'm third row. And there's going slow on a climb and then there's going slow on a climb. And I was I was third row and I was struggling to keep my forward momentum like and I yeah. I was thinking and to be honest I'm all up for like going slow so you get a chance to recover but this was too much. Like yeah was mate. this
1: I saw this from a different perspective, I guess. I, I saw it as like, are they playing like a dirty trick now, trying to actually screw over people here and make it, yes. make them stop, make them clip out, make them, you know, and then when they twat it, then like you can easily split the peloton, like, because you're suddenly doing 50k an hour and the guys are still stopped for another 20 seconds before they get going.
0: Yeah, ex- ex- exactly that. And that's what they tracked, a similar thing the other day in Doors, Doors, Flandering, but I wasn't there. But to me, you know, a lot of teams have done that over the years and gone slow on climbs and go full gas over the top, but there's going slow to a point where they were almost on the front track standing. And I yeah. I went on the radio and I was third row and I said, Connor, just go. And I said it like two, three times because of the crowds, he couldn't hear me. And I could see we had Connor on the front and I was like, Connor, just go. This like this is stupid. Yeah. Um But he, he 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 didn't. He said he didn't hear me, and he didn't go. But uh, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. I think it's taking the piss a bit. And I watched it back on TV of the video with it, and it just bit of a mockery out of the sport, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I totally don't agree with that. I think it's just like if we if we start racing like that, like trying to do each other, over, oh, I just die. Uh, you should ban Egg Give him a ban. <laughs> No, but like, yeah, that's just like, it's filthy tactics that. That's like, yeah, there's no place for that, I don't think.
0: No, uh, thing is, there's a balance. You've always raced in in, in Belgium. You race for the small roads. You turn into the small roads and you can't, nobody can move. So then you recover in the small roads and you go slow on the climbs to recover. And the people behind struggle a bit because you go slow. That has always been the case, and okay. But then there's going slow to the point where guys are literally toppling over and falling in bushes, and you're doing... the On the front row, you're struggling to keep going. And that, yeah, it's too much.
1: Yeah. Agree. Ban them. Agree. Ban the whole team. We
0: agree, we agree uh, on that one. What about Pog? Pog is unreal I mean also I have to say chapeau to his team they're not a team that are known for their classics they're, if you look at their lineup on paper you'd have said a few of them might struggle in the race with positioning and 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 I think his team were bloody brilliant um, Trenting got up the road in that pre-final move you'd expect that of him um, that wasn't a surprise but then he had numbers, and he had guys going into second time choir mount. It was clearly their plan to go full gas there um his team were brilliant, and I think that's what a great leader does to a team is is bring your whole team up and when they really believe in in someone you see- you, you see the whole team step up. We've had it plenty of times in that situation where guys just go above and beyond when they know their leader is is that special and uh and he was that special i mean he you know, they spoke about the big three before the race, but he was on another level. He just uh he just attacked and attacked and attacked until the point where everyone was completely cooked and off he went solo. And um he took the Strava one Strava on Quaramount, fastest ever person up there, three minutes fifty four. So credit where credit's due. Smashed him.
1: Yeah, unreal. Like when you talk about that. The pre-final break that was a strong break, um, you know the one that Navarez was in, Trenton, yes. yeah. who was else was there Van Hooydonk, like um, As Green, like there was they were good riders in there. Like all the teams were represented as well, weren't they? All the big teams. Mm.
0: Only Alpcin missed it.
1: Okay, because when we got to we when they were going up Claremont the second time when UAE basically did that lead out for Pog. They still had like maybe, am I right in thinking two minutes? Or maybe two and a half?
0: Yeah, I think a little... Do you know what? I'm not 100% sure. I think just under two minutes. I think like a minute 40 or something. I might be wrong. But I think it was around that. So... Yeah,
1: I think it was over two. But whatever. It was... And these were strong guys. And he basically... I don't know how far it is to go. 50-odd K? Yeah. Paramount second time. So he, he just smashed it up there he's on his own and he smashes up Patersburg, Does and then a few get across then don't they like Van and all those boys
0: yeah
1: Koppenberg he just goes again puts Pidgock out the arse and uh, uh, the jumbo guy who keeps getting given Laporte. races Laporte, <laughs> um, <laughs> Laporte yeah. we need to talk about that later as well because we didn't talk about that last week um, true and then yeah then uh is it Timeburg, Boonensburg, where he always goes on? Is that Timeburg? Timeburg, t- yeah. God, it's been so long since I've done these. And then Van der Poel had something with his gears, didn't he, at the bottom? Yes. And Pog didn't yes, really yes. go there. But like, Van der Poel um, obviously had to make a big effort to get back. And then he went then, didn't C- he, on Kruisberg? Kruisberg. yeah. Cruiseberg. So, uh Ah, you still know your climbs, mate. Oh, I remember that loop. It's a... It's a bastard of a loop, that. And then, uh, but yeah, he was just every climb, just okay. The last two sort of like let the others do a bit, but he was just smashing it. And then, obviously, Quartermount, did they catch the break? They caught the break before Quartermount, but then he caught Mads Pedersen on the Quartermount. Is that right?
0: Yeah, I, correct. Yeah, yeah.
1: And then just flew past him, obviously. And it was just nuts. Like, and then you're just watching it thinking, like, this is a guy that, Just wins and smashes everything he does. From February to October, any race he does, he just rides away from people. And it's not like he's riding away from the same guys he races in the tour for GC in these races. They're specialists. They're people that people are creaming their pants over Van Aert and Van Der Poel, like, you know, week in, week out. And then he just comes along and just makes them look like. Wow. Second rate. It's nuts. Absolutely nuts.
0: The same guy will be in July racing up 20k climbs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, going for the Tour for the third time. Insane. He's like... incredible. I'd say... I'd go as far as to say he's better than Merckx.
0: I, at this stage, would disagree. Um, at this stage, I would definitely disagree. If you look at the Palmares, okay... Merckx has got a lot of um, it's hard to judge someone when he's only three four years into his career but even if he continues at this win rate he's still not as good as Merckx
1: yeah but that that's the era thing then though isn't it it's like the races and stuff like they had a lot of split days and all that jazz back then but it's just his win rate mate he's probably oh he's how many races he's done this year probably 20 he's probably
0: won 13 of them. He's won 10 races, mate. Yeah. He's, got, he's Yeah, he must be on like 50% win rate.
1: That's nuts. And like, that's including like stage races and stuff. The only thing he doesn't do is win bunch sprints, but he probably went on the Champs-Élysées in July.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's, <laughs> if, oh, there's literally mate. the only races he can't win are bunch sprints. Anything else, you know, he must look at the calendar and go, well, where where can't I win? There's very few and far between any one days. Yeah. You know he can win any classic. He can win most of the one days. Literally, unless it's a pure bunch sprint, you can't write him off.
1: No, no, maybe, yeah. Rubey, he should do Roubaix, He's not doing it, is he? he? Should just go and do that.
0: Oh, mate! If he t- if he turns up for Rubey next week, he's a strong favourite. Simple as that, yeah. isn't it? It's, you know, which is frightening. But how about Mads? Mads
1: Pedersen he was strong fair play that was a ride like because he's someone who he's a really good rider and he's world champ all that but he's a bit more like well like normal I guess when you think of Pog now you just think like anyone's rubbish if they don't win it all the time but he's had some big big days has not he like, he's a he's a class bike rider he is the way he raced it he's... as well you know got ahead before Quarum out and then he he sprinted Van out no he beat Van Aert in the yes. sprint for third.
0: Like yep. fair play. Do you know what's even more pr- impressive about the, the day Mads Pedersen had was I was talking to him in the neutral actually, and uh, we we're talking about the race, and he said, "Well, I just got to get ahead of the race." I said, "Yeah, but you know that's what everyone wants to do." Um, so yeah, we have you know we have to go early, and I said, "Yeah," I said, uh, "How early?" And he said, "Ah." Oh, probably I try on Wolvenberg and uh, if not, probably Molenberg. And he attacked on Wolvenberg, forced a group of 15 away, they got caught and then he went after Molenberg. So, and in this race, okay, we also had, we also knew Molenberg was a, a a launch point and we highlighted that and told Johnny to be there and he was there, so we did the same, but you know, it, it was his plan from the get go. I'm going here and I'm going here. And he executed it to perfection and he made uh, it happen. Got yeah, and got the most out of himself on the day. I think you know, he couldn't have done better than third and uh you know, he's just a incredibly strong bloke, but he's got fucking balls and uh he executed that well. Yeah, fair play. Well standard DS, by the way. Yeah, Yogi Bear. How was that? Um, it's become quite normal already, actually. Uh, I had him the first race in Bissege, Um And then I had him opening weekend. And uh, yeah, I've done a few races with him now. He's he's really good. He's really good. He's got yeah. a good balance between uh, knowledge and passion. He's brilliant, yeah.
1: Oh, fair play. I can't wait to do a race with him
0: as a DS. Oh, oh he's good, mate. Girls, yeah. Good old standard. Good old Yogi. So what were you going to say about Laporte?
1: Oh, yes. We just had a discussion about, like, if you were Van Aert, well, for a start, if you were Van Art, would you have given Gemma Evergamum away? Even though you yes. did probably 75% of the, the work.
0: And yes, I would, yeah. You would? I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: We're just saying, like, well, he's obviously, he's had to be good to be there, but... He's basically been given a stage of Paranese and gent It's not bad, is it? Why is he, Why Why would you want to leave that team? I think his contract's up this year. Surely you're going to want to stay. If you want to be like, what What race am I getting next year?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I I, <laughs> like, I, I know, I know what you're saying, but I think there's just as a Van Art, there's so much value in uh, your Van Art. You're a week away from Flanders and two weeks away from Roubaix. And you've got one of the strongest guys in the peloton, and you can have him as the ultimate domestique. He's, you know, this Laporte is thinking, you know, I just got gifted Wetheringham. Next weekend, I am going to ride into a fucking brick wall for this bloke, and I think uh, giving a win is something money can't buy. And I think well, wow, we'll get it back over the next few months or if he extends his contract years tenfold. To have a guy like that just in debt to you, I think is invaluable. So I think it was a yeah, smart yeah.
1: decision. I definitely get why Van Art did it. But at the same time, I'm thinking, like the uh, Plus was saying, oh, it's good for the sport, you know, going over the line arm and arm. And I was like, well, I'm not sure about that. I think if they sprinted it out, that would look better. But then apparently they did that in, um, in Strada, the women's race, and it looked terrible. But I don't know, man. I just think if they, like, take the whole, you know, the reasons why Van Aert did it, you can see that. But I just think if two peop- two from the same team just come in, they all work, you know, flat out, make sure they don't mess it up, get to the last 2K, and then just race it out, I think that would be great to watch. Proper cat and mouse, like... Some of the boys said, "Nah, just ride side by side like you do when you sprint for a sign. I was like, yeah, but not... not... Because you know who's quicker, don't you? Like When you're a teammate, you know I'm inside out. You know what? You've got to jostle for position. I was like, go full on sprint mode. Like, I reckon that would be quality. But none of the boys, (laughs) no one agreed with me.
0: I couldn't disagree less, mate. I think if you come to the finish line with a teammate, There'd be nothing worse than racing and sprinting for the win. I think just l- lap it up, arm in arm. Uh, yeah. What about if me and you come? If me and you come to a finish, would you give it to me?
1: Yeah, of course I would, mate.
0: <laughs> Thanks, mate. I, well, there you go. That's yeah. an example, isn't it?
1: Well, I'm only saying that because I need you to ride for brick walls for me, but um... <laughs> I'll do that. Mate,
0: don't- I'll do that. No, but.
1: <laughs> I, know, I know I know, what you're saying I know what everyone's saying but I don't know for instance Quiato and Carapaz in the tour yeah I guess they decided that they weren't told who should win
0: no they decided that yeah that was a conversation between them
1: so it's the same reasons you get why Carapaz would have done it for him but at the same time Quiato would have won that sprint anyway so it's kind of different Whereas with Van Aert and, and Laporte, it's the other guy, it's the stronger guy giving it up. Whereas Quintero and you don't want them because with Quintero and uh, Carapaz, they were coming down a, a a big descent, weren't they? And then it was a couple of k flat finish. Yes, yeah. So they would have had to have ride together to the top of the climb at least, and then you don't want them racing each other down a bloody descent. So then you get to the last two k, Quintero going to win that sprint anyway. So Carapaz. Maybe this is being super. Uh, what's the word? Um, but he, he could have it worked to his advantage anyway. He's not going to win anyway if they sprint. But then he looks even better by giving it to him. True. Is that too cynical? Probably. But
0: no, I know. I know what you mean. I just like, want to
1: see teammates sprinting it out, like nah, crashing mate. each other.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree. I think just go to the. What if,
1: what if they're even riders, though? Say it's you and Magnus, you're rooming with Magnus now while you're recording this. Yeah. You're both similar, I'd say. Well, maybe you're quicker. I don't know why he's like sprinting.
0: I reckon I'd, I reckon I'd, I'd have him in a sprint.
1: Yeah, so you'd sprint it out with him, wouldn't you? You wouldn't give it to him. Why would you give it to him? Uh, would that... Would he give it to you? Ask him now. Ask him if he'd give it to you.
0: He's not in the room he left. But that. Oh, that, that, do you know what? That's a very good question, because whenever you see people come to the line, it's always like, you know, this massive successful guy, Wout van Aert, and then on a slightly lower pedigree, Laporte. So he gives it to his teammate because he's the domestique, whatever. But if two guys come to the line are the same. Oh, actually, that was another funny one where it was Pogacar and Micah back in ah Slovenia in Tor Slovenia
1: was it Tor Slovenia
0: yeah they did rock paper scissors for it didn't they did they (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I think Uh, yeah Poggy was going to give it either way I think but um, yeah I think Micah won it in in rock paper scissors Uh, uh, I just think it would be
1: so cool seeing teammates sprinting full gas for the line like what about the Olympics there's two teammates coming to the line you're not going to give it to someone then are you
0: I think in that situation they just uh, talk about money if I'm honest if I'm being brutally honest if two guys come to the line and the Olympics or something and their teammates they just say you win and pay me X amount
1: ah no way you wouldn't I wouldn't sell an Olympic gold
0: well only Vino does that (laughs) there's a price on everything mate nah mate no chance (laughs) I reckon that's what would nah. happen. that's that's what would happen though. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe. But
0: <laughs> we're getting into very grey territory here, aren't we?
1: We are, but it's also quite interesting.
0: It is interesting.
1: Um but anyway, didn't um, talking about sprinting like uh in Flanders now a, a quick step guy. Someone crashed. They were sprinting for like 40-something position.
0: Have you seen this? I have, mate. Um, mate, this was Ballerini. So Ballerini, Tim Murlia, who are teammates in Quickstep, and Edward Tunz, who is riding for Trek, come to the line. And they are sprinting for 50th or something. Uh, Ballerini does a yeah. full-on, full-on lead out. Murlia sprints and Ballerini crashes into the barrier somehow. I haven't seen footage, and that's all I know, but Jesus Christ, boys. Yeah, what are you playing at? I, yeah, I, I don't know what happened to like really comment on it, but I don't think that should end in a crash, whatever.
1: No, 100% no.
0: Um, oh,
1: sorry, I just had a message end saying, dub controller, yeah. Oh. Be all right, I've got a bit of time.
0: All right, no worries. I'm going for, di- I'm, dinner, I'm going really for dinner tonight as well. I've got, I've got a dinner. Where you off? I've got a dinner date with uh, Caleb Ewan. He's uh, 15k away, so going for dinner somewhere with him.
1: Oh, nice. Fritz and mayo.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I did some fishing this afternoon as well. That was nice. We um, Jacek, Polish swanee, he's got two fishing rods, so went out and fished for about an hour. We caught two. Nice. Yeah, tiny little ones. I was hoping to catch a big one and put it on the barbecue, but we just caught two little ones and chucked them back
1: uh-huh yeah we did that. we were we went fishing when we were in america once down miami way like after uh we went to disney then we went somewhere else uh something island anyway doesn't matter barry steve Cummins was in the area yeah that's the one and uh steve cummins was around as well so he came over for the day and we were fishing and we caught these little fish we took pictures and then we went back to the fishing sh- shop guy whatever it's called the next day, it's like, oh, look, we caught some fish, but we want to catch big ones. Can you help us? You know, what do we need? And I showed him the pictures, and he was like, oh, well, that's a $500 uh, dollar fine. That's a 1000 I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, you need this. And he gave us this scale. We basically caught baby fish, and he's supposed <laughs> to throw them back. <laughs> and uh, otherwise, you get a fine for not throwing them back. So, yeah.
0: Brilliant. Brilliant. Not a good
1: fishing experience for me, yeah. Final thing, actually, we had a win today as well. Old Ethan in Basque,
0: did you see it? Mate, I did watch it. I was on Massage. Um, That was a bloody brilliant team performance as well. Um, Yeah, mate, Omar's lead out there. Incredible.
1: Yeah, I don't want to downgrade Ethan's victory, but that lead out from Omar, like if Ethan didn't finish that off, he would have... Well, he would have had to give Omar some money or something I don't know
0: mate it was yeah it was 100 metres wasn't it
1: yeah but even before that you know the boys you could just see fully committed when they Castro and then Plappy and man Plappy is all he loves his aero stuff eh he had his TT booties on he had his (laughs) levers oh I don't know over 45 degrees pointing in he's aero that boy but uh, no it was great to see that yeah
0: mega I, I I actually didn't realise Omar was that fast. Like, when he went, nobody could get near him. And he just kept going and going and going. And like, going, yeah. Yeah, I was like, don't get boxed, Ethan, don't get boxed. Mate, nobody was coming near Omar. Incre- yeah, Omar, incredible. Oh Well, the whole team, he, you know, and then the pressure's on. you still got to do that kick in the last 100 metres for Ethan, but Omar, MVP. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I just reminded myself, MVP. I've got an MVP of Flanders ready Nielsen Paulus fifth in Flanders he raced his first one day in Belgium was Dorsdors Flanders which was on Wednesday so that was his second ever race in um, Belgium finished fifth raced an incredible race moved at the right time super strong fast at the finish but then his first race he was also top 10 in in doors doors so he's raced two times in Belgium top 10 both um, he doesn't know the roads he lost his garments, so didn't know he, he knew the roads even less and just raced an incredible race so for a guy who you wouldn't really talk about when it comes to Belgium classics fuck man that was that, for me that was MVP material
1: yeah fair play fair play because he's like a well you'd say he's more of a stage racer, wouldn't you, climber and all that jazz?
0: Yeah, like a one week stage racer. Maybe he's race, a new uh, pog
1: in disguise, like
0: <laughs> There's no, there's no there's only one pog. Give him a couple of years. There's only one <laughs> pog. Uh, um But yeah, let's uh let's take a short break and uh we'll just wrap it up. Be, still my and shield, and so what's uh how long you up in altitude for then mate?
1: Uh, so I've been here a couple of days. I've got two weeks up here. I go straight from here to tour the Alps. The old uh, Trentino. So yeah, looking forward to that. But yes, just under two weeks left here. But it's good so far. Might actually get out of the hotel tonight, you know. Go see some people.
0: Mingle. <laughs> go see some... How about some... you? I am in Belgium. Uh, I stay here right the way through to Roubaix. Um, we got a recon on Thursday... And then travel up to Compiègne on Friday night, Saturday presentation, and then last of the um last of the Cobble Classics. We're a uh, a few men down. Um we're obviously missing Big Ben. Uh we are yeah, with Creato still a bit of a question mark following his crash. Um we got two Pyro Bay debutants in um Kim Hyduck and Josh Tarlin so we got some fresh guys coming in so yeah hopefully finish this whole campaign off with a bang
1: nice yeah that'll be good it's also Masters week in the golf you know are you into golf at all?
0: Uh, I mean I've been to the driving range a few times I, I, I quite enjoy going to the driving range even though I'm terrible you into it?
1: yeah I- I had a golf lesson I had one golf I got golf lessons for Christmas about two or three years ago from Ave and Beth and I didn't do it for ages because I was like oh I just to, I want to be able to do it when I can do them you know quite close to each other and have a good stint but I just never had the time I was like oh sorry I'm just going to go now so I went and did a random golf lesson like coming when it was in the winter sometime quality yeah and it's great like I went to it was down where was it down the Vale way and uh, I don't know if it's the same with the one you go to, but when you hit it, it shows you where it goes and like how far and oh mine are going off to the right. But uh yeah, pretty cool. Like just some random golf range and you know that technology and stuff. But...
0: What do you say if you miscue a ball? Miscue a ball. You know if you if if you like mess up a shot and it's going towards someone, what do you, what do you shout? There's a there's a there's a uh, golf turn. To... Four. Four
1: <laughs> Why did they shout that by the way?
0: I don't know. But yeah, I went for yeah. yeah. I was just testing your, your like golf m- knowledge, That's all. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I, I thought it was a joke. I thought you were lining me up for a joke or something. Oh no, I was just um, testing
0: your golf knowledge. Uh, Cuz if you're really sh- if you really shit at golf, is something you should know.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I want to I want to, you know, at least learn how to play it so I can have a round of golf I think it would be quite cool but so I watched that uh, Netflix series as well Full Swing so you know there's a golf one I think there's like what's the tennis one Breakpoint or something yes um, and obviously the cycling one coming but I watched the, the golf one it's nuts like them boys like the prize money I think was like one to three mil for every competition they were showing on this series and some of them weren't even like well, they must have been big but you know you've got the top four like the Masters the US Open the I don't know the other two now it shows how much I'm into it I haven't got a clue but uh yeah so anyway Masters week so I might actually watch that so yeah if you're up for watching a bit of golf and you need a bit of a guide to what's actually going on go and listen to Beef's Golf Club it's basically Beef Johnson and John Robbins and they've got three time winner Sir Nick Faldo on so go and give that a listen and you Luke
0: I will, mate. Learn some knowledge. Um yeah. Happy days, mate. Well, have a good week at altitude, get out that hotel, go see some humans, don't drive yourself crazy, and uh catch I up to you next week for uh, well, see if you're still sane and talk about Roubaix.
1: Cracking. Look forward to it. Have a good one, but
0: cheers, bud. Take ciao, care, ciao. ta-da boy. Ta da.
1: below.